All right. Welcome back, Cocos. Welcome to a solo episode, episode 49, with your host, Ashley. Um, In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a life where work comes before friends, family, your hobbies, your health. This is hustle culture, and that's what we're covering in today's episode. guys so like I said in this solo episode with me I'm going to be talking about hustle culture and specifically I'm going to cover um, what hustle culture really is and how that's different in my opinion from ambition I'm going to talk a little bit more about my personal experience with hustle culture and ambition and what I've learned from this give you some sort of I don't know things to think about for uh, your experience with hustle culture and what you might be able to do to recover from your hustle culture burnout. So before we dive in, I'm going to take us over to the mini lounge where me, myself and I can tell you a little bit more about what's been going on. It's funny because this is going to be the first solo video episode and I'm not totally sure how long our breaks are going to be for solos. So you might see me staring off into the camera um, more than is needed or maybe not enough. I'm really sorry, guys. Just bear with us. It's uh, it's an interesting process getting a podcast up on a video feed, but I hope you're enjoying um, commenting on those things that the video watchers can see. I am proud to be wearing my new shirt. I think it's so cute. Um, I don't know where it's from because there's really no tag in it, but I found it in the trash. For those who listen, you know that I'm a big trash hunter, specifically in the very clean and very high-end trash that is around our complex. Uh, This one was in a very clean um, grocery bag outside of one of the the dumpsters uh, and it was uh, full of really nice clothes that all smelled amazing. So I am very happy with this piece. Um, I figured that girl had good taste so this would definitely be worth trying and it's perfect. Fits fits me, it's my size and I got a couple of other really cute things so I'm pretty pleased with that. All right so those are not my updates this week. Uh, Stories and fun updates. Well I am really excited that I kind of had this revelation that I need another I need another update. So I know that for those of you who follow us individually, you'll you'll have noticed that uh, Katie had been going through an IELTS update, uh, as she put it. Now I'm not sure I'm really going through one of those, but I guess what I've decided is that my clothing uh, and my beauty routine needs a little update. Um, I've uh, been updating my fitness and my wellness recently and been feeling so much better physically. And I'd really like to kind of have my outer ex- uh, appearance match my inner experience, <laughs> like I uh, just about said. Uh, so I'm really excited because I'm focusing on a few uh, personal beauty things. I'm going to go get my hair done. I may have already got it done by the time this episode airs. And I'm just excited to do that closet clean out that I said I would be doing back in our fall realignment episode um, and kind of accept where I'm at. Bring in some clothes that are uh, more 
age appropriate, fit my shape a little bit better, and just kind of uh, feel good for where I'm at right now and build that style out um, for what I'm doing now. I think a lot of my clothes are quite dated. They might be too young. They don't necessarily fit super well, and I don't think they represent my style. So I think it's time to just pull the trigger and go for it. Um, but that's not without a very large closet cleanup beforehand. So that's kind of my update. I think it is maybe a more personal and exciting experience for me, but uh, I get this feeling maybe once or twice a year, the need to kind of reboot. And um, it's just been feeling really strongly lately. I think I, I kind of felt it from, like I said, my, my gym uh, routine kind of surpassing where I am uh, with my like beauty routine and just as the seasons change, my skin's getting more dry and I'm just not really satisfied with how my makeup is looking lately. So all these things together had me thinking it's time to, to make a shift. Um, so the what's hot this week, actually, I have two things to say. The first one, can we just talk about Whitney Simmons wedding? Oh my God so beautiful. I opened up my Instagram, whatever, the other day, and I was like, oh, what? So uh, if you don't know Whitney Simmons, Simons? Simmons, I think it's Simmons. She is like a big fitness, wellness, beauty influencer. I don't know what you would call her exactly, but uh, she's definitely a, a gym fitness influencer. Um, she has a lot of like YouTube uh, vlogs, a lot of... Um, TikTok content, Instagram content. She makes things uh, focused around the gym and about her beauty routines. And I've been following her for a few years. I really like her. She's really upbeat and uplifting. Um, I think there's, without without saying definitely things that don't fit exactly into what I'm doing, but she's really um, inspirational. And I just, yeah, I she, she makes me feel good when I watch her videos. And I saw that she got married in Baja at this absolutely stunning resort. I don't know. It was very intimate. It was very architectural. It was such a beautiful palette of neutrals. I, it was like she got married in a forest of delicious butter. Like it, you have to look, it's, that's the best way of describing it. It's so artistic and unique and not in a unclassic kind of way. So, wow. Yeah. Jaw dropping. We had we had to talk about it. We we just had to talk about that. Um, next up, and really exciting for the podcast, we have. Um, I guess we have kind of a a new sponsor. Uh, we're partnering up with a new company that we're really excited about to do a giveaway in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and our our order just came in, so this is. Uh, Puzzle Puzzles, hopefully I'm saying that right. They are a jigsaw puzzle company, but they're not just any jigsaw puzzle company. Um, they make the cutest, the most aesthetic, uh, visually pleasing puzzles. They're just so adorable. Um, I'm going to do a more formal introduction for them, maybe an unboxing and talk about how our giveaway is going to be uh, run in an upcoming uh, podcast. But for now, I had to show you guys, for those that are watching, my favorite of their few. I think they have like five or six different types. We got several. This is the one I'm loving. 
ball is in your court. See how cute and aesthetic that is? Oh my god, disco balls, balloons, party, accoutrement, yeah, and pink, of course, because I'm usually the pink one on this podcast. Um, loving it. So excited. So big shout out to them. I will link them in the show notes. Check out their Instagram, check out their store. I think this is going to make an absolutely perfect Christmas gift for any of your girlfriends. Um, I mean, probably anyone in your life, but yeah, I think it's like an easy, affordable, super cute gift for anyone, uh, especially the girlfriends in your life. So check them out. Um, and thanks so much guys. Big shout out, uh, for supporting us on one of our first, second, third giveaways. Really, really appreciate that. All right. So I think that pretty much concludes the the mini lounge on the solo episode. I want to tell you a little bit more now about the goals for the episode. So pretty straightforward, I would say, for this episode. I'm just going to try to get you to understand sort of uh, what hustle culture is, maybe uh, with a, a bit of a like definition, but also my experience, and then tell you about how my experience could maybe help you um, with hustle culture, hustle culture, hustle culture, burnout, and um, kind of where I see things going in the in the coming years post-COVID um, and maybe post-hustle culture. All right, so let's get into it. So like I said at the top of the episode, I want you to imagine a life where work is coming before everything, before your friends, before your family, before your hobbies especially, and before your health, which is really scary. Um, Unfortunately, that is kind of a perfect definition of what hustle culture is. And that's kind of like the reality we're already living in. So although I guess you could kind of stretch the definition to be more of like, this is a trend. This is a trendy self-improvement mindset that suggests that if you work really, really hard, you can have it all. So uh, basically it is equating like your effort with a massive reward and your self-worth, really. It's suggesting that you can monetize everything you do, everything you're good at, assign some kind of intrinsic personal worth to how hard you can hustle. I think that that is just the world we live in. I mean, tell me that you know someone who doesn't have like something that they have tried at one point to monetize that wasn't their day-to-day job. I mean, tell me. It's just, it's so prevalent. And if it isn't you, and that doesn't fit for you, I mean, good for you. I am so envious. You have escaped the cold, ruthless grasp of hustle culture and what it's doing to all of us. So with that, what is it doing to all of us? Well, I can't really tell you what it's doing to all of us, but I can tell you a little bit more about my personal experience. And I think that that's the perfect way to lead in. So like I said, it's really that there's this misconception that massive effort should equal massive reward. 
right? If we work our butts off, we should get paid for it. That seems to happen at most corporate jobs. I mean, you work hard, you get paid, you get noticed for your effort. In theory, you might get a promotion. Like your your employment success does kind of tie to your take-home pay. Not always. Certainly, there are many exceptions where people are underpaid, undervalued, under-acknowledged, and not treated properly. But merit does tend to lead to moving up this the scale. So hustle culture really blows that out of the out of proportions. It's sort of telling us that we can monetize all aspects of our life. And if we work really hard, we will see rewards for that. I think millennials are positioned in this really weird place where we kind of saw people doing this super effortless, effortlessly uh, throughout our like teen years and early 20s where you know influencers became like a legitimate thing you could do while still hoard- holding down a regular job um it seemed super effortless they were able to create content and grow while they're working this kind of like they describe it a soulless job i left my 9 to 5 to get this freedom to get this uh, flexibility where I could have my own work day. I could do whatever I wanted. And that was somehow more fulfilling. So I feel like millennials, I'm sure that Gen Z feels this way. Maybe Gen X feels this way, but I think millennials are perfectly positioned to kind of have the worst trigger response to uh, hustle culture because it it kind of came as this super shiny new idea that we could have it all. We could work our full-time job. We could do this side hustle and it didn't have to be hard. You could literally record yourself like cooking, doing everyday things and people would buy that and people would want to um, see you do it. And so we all wanted to get on that bandwagon. Now it's not just influencing. I'm sure there are so many other things that I could talk about, but that's just kind of where I noticed myself um, like caught. I noticed myself caught by the influencers. That's definitely how I started on my kind of journey to, um, becoming involved in hustle culture. So the perfect, I I mean, I remember actually, I should say the kind of first influencer maybe that I started to really, um, become maybe like obsessed with. This is uh, the Blonde Abroad. So this is a girl, uh, maybe a few years older than me, that started to write like a travel blog. I don't know if this was maybe like in 2000 and I don't know, maybe 11. I could have looked it up, but I didn't. Um, And she is a girl from California. She kind of talks about this on her about page. You know, she's saying like, I worked in this soulless, cold, corporate world for so many years doing this job I did not love and um, chose to leave that for a dream job of flexible traveling and blogging about travel and um, you know helping other women feel confident traveling solo and doing all these super exciting things all the while you know we think she's just got it all you know we think she's she's beautiful she's traveling she's self-employed. She's really the dream. She's hustling hard though. 
And that's something we didn't see, that I didn't see. Of course, she's had to have been hustling hard. How could she have built this exciting opportunity um, overnight? Clearly, there was work that went in before she left her corporate job. And clearly, it wasn't so easy to be self-employed. I mean, think of all of the things that these early influencers would have had to have sorted out. Like, how do you have health care for one? How do you stay on regular hours? How do you get sponsorships? And how do you actually motivate yourself when you don't want to go to work or you are working really hard and it's not sticking? It's not making you money. So there are so many other kind of obvious things to me now that just were not obvious to me when I started to fall in love with this, um, you know, early, the early concept of the hustle culture, like these early influencers, these early travel bloggers that I just adored. I mean, she was just the first. I started following all sorts of other um, primarily solo female travelers, blogs. And then once Instagram started, I started getting tons of them on there. I loved the solo female travel stuff. That is probably what I started to first want to emulate. I did a lot of traveling in my early 20s, mid 20s, and I took so many photos. I think I probably thought that I was going to be a travel blogger. That was definitely an early kind of backup plan if school didn't work out. So definitely went down that route to begin with. Um, But I think what was interesting for me is I already knew that there was something about me that wanted to create something bigger. I think a lot of us struggle with that. I mean, I remember like being in university and having these kind of like volunteer programs come in and say like, do you want to make a difference? Come volunteer and build something in Africa. And everyone was like, oh my God, so exciting. And my parents being like, that is just not necessarily a healthy option. I mean, what does this particular town in Africa want from a bunch of like wealthy North American university students, what are we offering them? And I really, I think that was like a real slap in the face to like 18 year old me, like, oh no, I'm not uh, helpful. I, uh, you know, this is what travel tourism meshed with, you know, colonialist ideals. I don't know. There's definitely a name for that. And I think That was the first time I realized that, um, yet you couldn't just kind of make everything about you and you couldn't just kind of make a side hustle that would fulfill that need to want something bigger. So that was kind of the first step realizing, okay, I can't just like travel and do good and take photos and be so like luxe, like these influencers, if I really want to give back to the world. Um, so I started thinking about an NGO. I started wanting wanting to put together some kind of company. Um, and again, this was also kind of misguided because really, who says, I want to be self-employed and put together a company before ever really having any idea? Um, it's not, it doesn't work like that. You know, people with experience, people with education, people with determination and drive and a vision decide to channel that into, say, a company or product or something like that. It works the other way. So quickly, that idea fell apart as well. And that, I think, was kind of like um, just a launching point for constantly hustling my butt off for the last, like, 15 years. 
So, um, you know, after uh, the first year of university and kind of going through the NGO idea, I then kind of launched into just uh, pursuing that photography. Um, so like I said, I had been traveling with my camera, kind of working on some travel blog stuff. It didn't really go anywhere. I got a request to do uh, photography for a wedding, um, had not done that before. And again, worked my butt off, did a lot of shadowing of local photographers and got like several more gigs, ended up doing really well with that, made tons of money, um, but just didn't really have the passion or the drive to continue with that. So eventually that also kind of fell, fell to the wayside and you could just see like there's a pattern. I'm hooked. I'm always looking to be busy to keep myself going. And, you know, that was really hard because for all those years that I was doing all of these side projects, um, I wasn't just doing nothing else. Like I wasn't just working, say, a job that I didn't have to think about. I was actually working a part-time job and going to university uh, full-time. So I was super, super busy. My work-life balance was extraordinarily unbalanced. It was extraordinarily unhealthy. And there was really no time for these side hustles. Um, But I think like a lot of us, we want to stay busy because we want to run away from something. And it took me a long time, a very long time to even realize that I was anxious. See my anxiety solo episode from a few weeks back. Um, it took me a long time and it took me a longer time to realize I was a functioning uh, high anxious person, a high functioning high anxious person a uh, perfectionist in some ways. And it took me even longer still to realize that I liked to be extremely busy because it kept me occupied. Does that sound familiar? You want to be busy so that you don't have to think. Just keep going forward. I think a lot of us are like that. I think a lot of us use work to escape other uncomfortable situations, uh, uncomfortable thoughts to get away from our emotions at times. And I think hustle culture feeds on that. It says, if you work really hard, you are valuable. And it doesn't leave space for you to think about the things you don't want to think about. Like maybe, am I valuable? Am I doing good in this world? Am I doing good for me, for my friends, for my family? Yeah. Of course, because I work really hard. I must be valuable. That's what this hustle culture tells me. Now, it takes a really long time to make those connections, or at least it did take an extremely long time for me to make those connections. And I think it took an even longer time to realize I was sort of stuck in the midst of hustle culture. So, I mean... What, what do you do at that point, right? Um, I kind of touched on it, but I just want to go back and tell you guys that like this whole idea of hustling and all my side hustles also kind of continued with my like main 
my main piece. So that main one was going to university to get a bachelor's of science. And I was hustling so hard to get that. And I also didn't really know what I was doing. I was just keeping my head down, keeping busy, going forward. And I felt no sense of self. I felt no sense of direction. And I honestly, it's so funny. I was thinking about this episode and talking about hustle culture. And I thought, well, at least I kind of picked my my genetic counseling path. And that, that wasn't influenced by hustle culture at all. And you know what? It actually was. So I want to just kind of take a side tangent and tell you a little bit about why that was influenced by hustle culture and how it's got me to where I am today. So I completed my bachelor's degree in say, I think it was 2014. And there was like a two or three year period where I was just working and I was not happy. I could not be satisfied with just going to work and doing my job and enjoying my other hobbies and enjoying my friends and family. I felt like there was something seriously missing. And I was still doing those other side hustles. Like I still had some wedding gigs. I I still... Um, you know, I, I was still doing all sorts of things that was probably about the time I started my painting business, which is a whole nother thing um, that I'm still doing. Uh, and we can talk about that later. But in those two to three years, I felt so empty. Like I had, again, no purpose. And I was looking, how can I have purpose in my work? I've got to pick work that is more purposeful. Um, and ultimately, I came up with this genetic counseling thing. And I didn't really pick it because I wanted to work with people and help change their lives. I mean, to some extent, that is what fuels me on a daily basis. So thank God my deeper self knew that. Um, But I picked it because I largely thought that that could turn into some kind of company. I thought that there was some kind of long-term thing that that could turn into. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's actually healthy in this case. Maybe the having the main thing be uh, able to pursue long-term and think of all those kind of positive aspects of, of hustle culture, like, you know, wanting to put all my effort into it and, and loving it. Maybe all those things work good. And the fact that I wanted to work really hard to make people's lives better, maybe that gave it some more greater purpose. And so maybe turning it into a business wasn't really a bad thing. But looking at it now, there really is kind of an underlying theme that I wanted everything to be my like non nine to five, I'm in control, self-oriented, self-run business. I'm a, you know, my own boss. And I couldn't just accept that I could do a regular old career path and enjoy it. I couldn't do it with the job I was doing during those three years and I couldn't do it with the job I was planning to get into. So it's clear that I was running, 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 running with my anxious brain as far as I could away from all my responsibilities and bury myself in work, in school, and in this greater pursuit of self. So... I guess the last thing that I I should mention is that through all this time, you know, I have pursued all these things. And even today, I mean, I'm sorry, we're on a podcast. I still have a full-time job. I am absolutely in the throes of hustle culture. But uh, I want to say, and this is, I think, the key. 
is that there are days where I feel absolutely overwhelmed and overburdened by this hustle culture that I find myself in. And there are other days where it is absolutely so fulfilling and so what I want to be doing in every aspect of my day. I am so filled up. I have so much light and I feel like that's the true ambition coming through. And I'm going to tell you about the lessons now that I've learned from my experiences and why I think there are distinct differences between being rooted in hustle culture and just being a truly ambitious person. Okay, so um, what are the lessons that I've learned and how does that relate to the distinct difference between hustle culture and ambition? Okay, I think let's say I have one, two, three, four, maybe five kind of lessons, five comments that I have for you. So number one, you do not have to grind grind it out to attain your goals and dreams. I've learned that you can set realistic expectations, especially on timelines that allow you to make all of it happen, but you need to have patience and you need to be persistent. So you always need to be persistent. That is, that is universal with both of the situations, hustle versus ambition. But I think that the key difference is patience. Patience with yourself. You're not going to get everything overnight. If you want to have a healthy balance, you want to attain more than one goal, like if you're not just doing your nine to five, which on its own is probably hundreds and thousands of goals on a daily basis and so much work and so much energy and so much you should be proud of. If you're doing even more than that, yeah, you're going to need to have patience with yourself. And you're going to need to set realistic expectations, which is not something that I think hustle culture does. I think it does a great job in making you feel really guilty for not meeting unrealistic expectations and working all the time. That, I think, is the culture. Ambition is having goals, having ideas, having things that light you up and going after them. And you can go after them slowly. You can go after them part-time. You can go after them when it feels good to you. That doesn't change how ambitious you are. You're going after them. And you're balancing the other things that are going on for you at any given time. That's realistic. Okay, so number two. I I think doing things that are in the sort of voice of figuring yourself out or trying to get out of a difficult, aimless, or hopeless situation is not going to fuel your best self. You're probably going to head down a road to burnout. Um, That road might include success, which is, I think, again, the key to hustle culture. Um, But it might not. So again, ambition is maybe having that goal to better yourself, That's fine. That's an ambitious goal. And you may choose to do that through your work. But I think an an ambitious person might recognize that you can do that through the work of bettering yourself, like through therapy, through physical fitness and wellness, through self-reflection, through education, through reading more, through getting lots of sunlight and improving your mood. And perhaps a person who is also under the influence of hustle culture may say, 
but I just need to put more effort in. I just need to work harder on whatever I'm already doing and maybe be so involved in that experience that they can't even slow down the car to see that all these beautiful things are passing them by. So if you're hustling, hustling, hustling really hard on getting that next job or um, making that big deadline, that's fantastic. But if you're doing that because you don't like who you are or you want to get away from something that's behind you, maybe you need to stop, get out of the car and face it before you keep driving forward. Okay, so number three, hustling can work. I listened to a few video episodes on uh, people talking about this topic um, before I got on here. I listened to some other stuff online, read some articles. I mean, I kind of collected from all sorts of sources and a lot of people seem to think that hustling can work. And I have to agree, it does work. But again, within a certain box, right? It can work for a certain period of your life and under certain time constraints and other limits. Um, I think if we keep going under this situation for an extended period of time, you end up missing um, a lot of stuff. And I think we often don't even see ourselves jumping into this hustle cycle. And we don't assess the loss that's going to come. With every kind of expenditure, with, with all energy loss, there's an equal, what's the thing? The laws of physics with, yeah, I don't know. We can insert that up here with a, with a caption. The, one of the laws of phys- physics about energy loss. So with anything that you expend So if you put more energy into one thing, obviously you're putting less energy into the other thing. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, I think a lot of us get into these cycles of working super hard and don't even assess what we are going to lose. Like we're going to have an immense burden to our body from, say, uh, driving to to more work projects, uh, maybe not going to the gym or not eating properly from staying up late to meet deadlines, poor sleep. We might spend less time with our spouse, our family. We might not clean up our environment and be living in a mess for weeks, months. I mean, there's a great loss of self when we work super hard to effectively an unattainable goal because we have set no boundaries and no limits because we're so ambitious but really we're not ambitious. We are ignoring our true needs and our true ability to balance all these things to attain something because we want to feel good about ourselves. Well, we could feel good about ourselves if we worked on those other things too, but it's hard. And we know how to do our job really well. We know how to hustle, hustle, hustle. And that almost seems like a shortcut, right? But we don't we don't really assess all of the losses that we we end up suffering whilst we're going after success. So that's a big one for me in noticing uh, what I've been through. Okay, was that four? No, that was three. So number four, I have learned through all of this process to value myself, 
to value my sanity and to to value my spare time or the ability to make spur of the moment decisions so much that any possible perceived success or fame that could come from hustling does not seem worth it anymore. Okay. Wow. That's surprising coming from the girl who is currently doing a solo video podcast. But as I told you guys before, this solo or sorry, this podcasting for me is really a passion project. I am trying my best to make it work within the constraints of the time I have available and I love doing it. So check in with me (laughs) on how that's going in a year, but I'm acutely aware of the value of all of those slow things in my life. Slow things. What are slow things? Just doing nothing. I've told you before, I love doing nothing. Staring at a wall. I I mean, I don't literally stare at a wall, but creative people, and I think all people, need time to process. They need time to do nothing. They need time to be alone in their own space, in their own brains, to get things done. Taking breaks is so healthy and is so good for getting more done. And that doesn't have to be your reason for taking breaks. You can just value stillness and value quietness in your brain. And I would not have said that to you before learning about my anxiety, having it diagnosed and having it treated because I did not have a still brain and I did not want to be still. So I'm actually really fortunate. I think number four is huge, 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 huge for me. Um, I think it's, it's amazing that I can actually say that to you guys, that when I am still, I like it. And now I value it so much. Um, so if you if you feel like you can't be still, if you feel like you can't align with this this fourth topic, ask yourself why. Maybe it's a good thing. Okay, number five. Um, I've written this in kind of a harsh way, and I might disagree with myself, but I'll read it as I've written it. Overworking is also an illness. So what I mean by that, and that is pretty harsh, um, is it can be very easy to run away from feelings and to uh, jump into something you're already good at. So I've said this all the way through, and that is number five, overworking to run away from things you don't want to face. And that I am guilty guilty as charged. That is definitely what I was doing. And I'm so happy that I am on the road to recovery from running away from anxiety by working my butt off too, too much. Okay. So those are the five things that I have learned. Those are the lessons I have learned. And I hope that helped to show you a little bit more about what I mean between ambition and hustle culture. Again, I think of myself as a super ambitious person. I also think I've been in and out and up and down and all over with hustle culture. And I think I'm still at the tail end of it, but I am very aware of how it has affected me and where I'm at now. And I'm kind of still, yeah, I'm a recovering hustle-colic. Hustle-colic? Ooh, that does not sound good. I'm a recovering hustler. So a few more notes before I close. I think that this is going to be probably a very like 
idealistic and optimistic episode in a perfect world. We could all just solve our mental health problems and have a well-balanced lifestyle and not need to work overtime to bring money home and put food on the table. And I'm very aware of that. This does not fit for everyone. It's, it's like a very perfect little happy face cookie cutter that I'm throwing out at you. Um, so take it all with a grain of salt. Now, I wanted to just comment kind of on where I think I'm going, where I think the movement is going. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for me. I think it's going to be really hard for me to keep myself off the kind of hustle culture bandwagon because I have so many things I want to do. Um, But I think the really hard thing is setting boundaries and saying no, because I think there are always going to be so many things I'm going to want to do. And I think that's probably something people can align with. In the end, are you able to set healthy boundaries? Are you able to say no to things, even though you're super passionate about them, but you don't have the bandwidth? Um, Are you going to be able to fight against everyone else's opinion of you? I mean, a lot of us are still going to be wrapped up in hustle culture and working culture and wanting to get so much done It's going to be hard if you're setting hard boundaries that are not traditional. I mean, saying no to projects at work, leaving work early on time. Does that even happen? It's hard. It's an uphill battle. And trust me, I got and get a lot of weird looks when I close my computer on time, when I go home on time, when I say no to extra projects, when I don't have the bandwidth to record on this podcast, or I can't meet a painting deadline for a client. I get backlash and it's hard and it's going to continue to be hard, but that is what I know I need to do to honor my boundaries, to be able to run two side hustles and keep a full-time job. And it's only going to get harder because people are going to fight back. COVID is over, over and There is a big push for people to get working harder, to get back to the office, to meet more um, old traditional ways of, you know, timelines. The, the, The work culture is pushing back. And as my life gets more busy, um, you know, I hope that someday soon I'll become a mom, maybe not soon, but in a few years, and it's just going to get harder. And so That is something I'm personally struggling with right now and that I know a lot of you are going to be struggling with in the next coming years, how to balance all of these wants, desires, ambitions as the culture pushes back on you and you get even more tasks and roles in your life and in your work. So I think the way that you can handle this is to really look at the things you want to do. Are they fulfilling? And if they aren't fulfilling and you still have to do them, focus on why you are doing them. Are you doing it to, um, you know, take care of your family? Are you doing it to get something you really, really want out of it at the end? I think some people feel like to be fulfilling something cannot be egocentric. It has to be for the betterment of others, for the betterment of society. But in reality, it can be for the betterment of you. That could be egocentric. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But is it fulfilling? Because if it's not fulfilling, I don't think that you can stand to do it for a long time. And you're going to have to. 
I think another another thing to think about going forward is can you build that sustainable foundation around it? You are going to have to figure out how to set those timelines in a slower way and to slow down to be able to keep all of the other moving parts of your life going. Um, so, so think about, think about how this new project that you're incorporating or that you're, you're currently struggling to keep on your, your plate. Think about how it is fitting into all those other moving parts and pieces right now. And if it's not moving around seamlessly, try to slow down and see how you can make it fit in better. And if it can't, then it might be time to let it go. Because remember from, I don't know, number three, um, no, number four, (laughs) my spare time, my sanity is worth everything. And it should be for you too. Okay. I think some other things to consider when you're making these changes to help yourself get out of that hustle cycle is set your limits either on time or your emotional response to things, like I said before, and hold to those limits. Um, You should also think about doing things just for the hell of it. I think that's going to help train your brain that you can do all sorts of things. You can work super hard and you don't have to be set uh, up against external evaluations. Uh, You don't have to equate your self-worth with your productivity. You can just do whatever you want, as work as hard or as not hard, and see that you can still achieve amazing things. Um, yeah, just do things for the hell of it more often. I mean, right here, podcasting as, as a passion project. That's right here. That's what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's healthy. So the last little tip I have for you guys in how you can kind of go forward, get out of this hustle movement and be more sustainable is expand all of those things around how you define your work self, like how you define your athletic self, how you define yourself at home, how you define your creative self. Build up that circle of surrounding factors so that you don't end up having to describe yourself and define yourself as a person who works and who hustles and is really productive and has all these wonderful and, you know, excellent features and facets from the work, but also a person who has all these other things so that it's, it's not a flat description of you, that you're this multifaceted being. Build up those other factors so that you don't have time to work all day long every day. You're busy. You've got stuff to do. And you're doing stuff for the hell of it. I think those are going to be some keys to get you out of that cycle. To help you at least realize if you're in hustle culture. And to maybe make some basic changes. Um, Again, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not hustling. Maybe you are chilling so well and none of this is relevant but if it at all sounded relevant to you um, I hope this has been helpful I hope at least that my story was something you could uh, align with or get something out of Uh, I try to be as honest with you guys as possible 
while still keeping it interesting. So hopefully that was, um, yeah, helpful and interesting. And it's been a real pleasure uh, to talk to you guys about, again, something very personal today. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, you can find me on Coconut Grove Podcast, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, you can uh, follow me on my personal Instagram site at Ashley Hansen. Yeah, I'm going to link all of the uh, things we talked about today in the show notes, especially, of course, the puzzle puzzles. Uh, again, reminder to check them out. Um, get those on your Christmas lists. Uh, really cool company. I'm excited to do another little segment on them. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, thanks so much. We will see you in the next one.